Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So if you're going to steal a card, a debit card or a credit card, don't you think you would use it for something other than, well, just snacks? I mean, sure, you're going to use it for snacks, but I mean, something else too, like, I don't know, a television. Something worth some money, right? Uh, you know, like I head to Sam's and get an 85-inch. <laughs> so a nurse in England, Aisha Basharat, pleaded guilty Wednesday to theft and fraud by false representation. She was given five months in jail, but then the sentence was suspended for 18 months. So this, she's treating patients, COVID-19 patients in her hospital and an elderly patient, an 83 year old woman passes away. As soon as she passes away, (laughs) Aisha grabs the debit card out of the lady's drawer and sticks it in her pocket. So the family is, you know, distressed and they've been called and then they wondered, Hey, what happened to mom and grandma's bank card? (laughs) so they check into it and a few minutes after the lady had passed away the card was used at a vending machine in the hospital for chips candy and soda and then the next day it was used for another dollar of chips or whatever she got and then she tries to she went on she went away she had a couple days off and she came back four days later And tried to use the card again. Ah, the card was canceled. Oh, no. Gosh darn it. And then uh, she was arrested for using the card. Now, she claimed originally, oh, man, I found the card on the floor. What? Things got muddled up. It was in my pocket. I thought I was using my own card. Oh, darn. You know, one thing led to another. I didn't know it was her card. And then, I guess after she was, you know, put under the lights, she admitted to the crime. (laughs) so i mean okay right off the bat absolutely wrong oh my gosh what are you doing second if you're gonna do that as i stated before wouldn't you get something more than just chips candy and soda maybe it's just me welcome to chewing the fat welcome oh no Oh no, uh, a criminal. Another another crime has taken place. Worse than buying chips, candy, and a soda at a vending machine with a stolen debit card from a dead patient. The Ghostbusters Ecto-1 car is, has been stolen. I know. Now it was stolen in Italy. Is it on a ship somewhere in the ocean waiting to be offloaded in another country? I don't know. But the car, the Ecto-1, the replica, it's been used at various promotional events throughout Italy and is now missing. So they don't know where it is. They don't know who took it. They don't know what happened. They just know, oh no, we're not going to be able to use the Ecto-1 replica for any more promotional events in Italy. So if you've seen it and you know where it is, let someone know because this cannot stand. The uh, replica, and I'm sure it's an official replica of Ecto-1, is now missing. 
And I don't know what they're going to do in Italy. I guess, I don't know if the promotional events have all been canceled or it was just going to, you know, end up where we're going to have the event, but the car obviously is not going to be available for any more of the events until, and the movie is coming out like in seven days, right? With the new Ghostbusters movie. So anyway, if you see it, let someone know, please. For those of you still dating or are going to begin to date in your life, perhaps you remember not to text something to the person you're going to date that's a joke to someone else in your life. So this TikTok post from this Molly Hare, a social worker from the great state of Missouri, uh, Missouri, Missouri, Whatever, however you want to say it, it's fine. I know I got into trouble. I got to talk about that too, about uh, the Appalachian Trail. It's Appalachian, Jeff. It's not Appalachian. We'll get to that. But uh, so anyway, Molly Hare, a social worker from Missouri, uh, she posted that uh, her would-be date, uh, Chivalry is Alive, and she posted a screenshot of her uh, dates or her would-be dates uh, text to his friend. The text said, hey, waiting on this C word. And he used the word, bless his heart. Even in a text, he didn't say C word. He used the word. And he said, I took a pinch for confidence. (laughs) So I don't know if he, you know, took a shot of booze. Usually when you take a pinch of something, that's, uh, you know, maybe doing a a quick, uh, quick bump of some sort of other substance in your life, uh, help you get through life. But, uh, anyway, this, uh, Molly posted on her TikTok. I was on my way to a first date when this happened, um, waiting on this C word, took a pinch for confidence. And then he sent it to, uh, he sent it to her and not his buddy. And so she, uh, then he realized that he sent it to her and said, OMG, I was joking with a buddy. I'm just going, I'm just going to leave. And so, uh, it's over right now. But of course she can't let it go. Um, she will not let it go. She, the guy gave her all kinds of apologies and come back around. He didn't, she didn't block him. He kept trying to apologize and she accepted his apology, which to her credit, I, you know, good for her because he said it was just a, a joke. I really don't think of you as a C word at all. I joke too much. I say S word like that just to say it. I completely understand if this is over. And he went on to phone her a few times, apparently hoping to somehow salvage their evening. She did not answer the phone. Now she said, yeah, to be honest, I'm uh, really comfortable. I'm not comfortable meeting anymore. I just don't really feel like it's okay to call a woman that even as a joke. And I see it as a red flag story. Oh, good. Is this a learning? Is this a learning incident? I hope so. My gosh, let's, let's hope so. So he said, I'm really effing sorry, Molly, in no way, shape or form. I think of you that way. I talk too much. I was just trying to be funny. And he originally said, I'm not trying to reconcile, but I do want to apologize sincerely. I missed out. I'm sure I'm sick to my stomach just thinking about it. God's plan, I guess. I was so excited to see you. I was just trying to be funny with Joe. OMG. Well, that's good, right? Now, she, of course, I accept the apology. 
I have no hard feelings. I don't think that's really true. And I know you didn't intend it that way. Well, then what are you pissed about? Could just be an opportunity for you to learn. Of course it is. It's a learning experience. Now, it wasn't that much of a learning experience because he continued to reach out to her and try to hook up. I mean, meet up again. And, you know, I mean, I guess if you're trying to meet up, you're trying to hook up, trying to get a little bit of Molly hair business. But she said now she wishes she would have blocked him. And uh, I was probably way too nice in rejecting him. Uh, She views his persistent attempts to reestablish their relationship as a cautionary red flag. The social worker in me just wants to help people learn and grow from their mistakes. I probably should have just ignored him. Or maybe you could have laughed and said, oh, this guy is already apologizing. He has friends that he jokes around with, but he used the C word. How dare someone use that word, even if they're joking with a friend? That's a cautionary red flag. All right. Okay. If you say so. And then in another dating update, uh, we got a story about a couple that went out on a date and she didn't have any money. And so she asked him out on the date, didn't have any money. And when they got there, he was like, Ooh, yeah, no, I'm not buying you any dinner. And he ordered himself dinner and she didn't get anything. Wait, what? (laughs) Uh, on our first date, I didn't have money. So he only bought himself food. Wow. Should I go out with him again? He said, pay me or pay me no attention. Uh, yeah, I would have left. I mean, a, if he asked, if you asked him out on a date, it should have, you should have been, uh, willing and able to pay, right? I guess you were willing, but you weren't able. You should have been both. If you ask someone out on a date, it's, Unless you make it clear that you're going what's called Dutch. And I don't even know if we can call it that anymore. Can you call paying for your own dinner when you're out with someone else Dutch? I don't even know where that came from. That can't be a good thing, right? That cannot be a good thing, but we're going Dutch. We all use it, but that can, that that should be a word that's not used anymore. What the heck? Where did that come from? Well, the Dutch, Jeff. No, I mean, really. So according to this, according to uh, Google, it, (laughs) of course, it means that every person or group of diners uh, pays for themselves. Its popularity thought the expression originated as a British slur towards the perceived stinginess of Dutch people. I knew it. We we shouldn't be doing that. That's a bad phrase to uh, use. And then don't forget the, the phrase double Dutch. Right, unintelligible or garbled speech. She could have been talking double Dutch for all we understood it. Another slang term or slur against the Dutch. So, I mean, we can't, I, we got to just pay for yourselves. You can't call it paying Dutch anymore. We're going Dutch. Oh, man. You're going to be a cheapskate like those damn Dutchers? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, she asked him out and wanted him to pay and people were all upset, wound up, uh, you shouldn't ask someone out if you're not willing to pay. Uh, if you asked him out, you should have made it clear. I tend to agree with that for him to have ordered though, uh, and eat, you know, eat in front of her 
uh, you know, pay attention or pay me no attention and for him to just eat in front of her. That seems a little bit of rude on my part. Just a little bit of rude. Uh, that's all. There's a little bit of rude. Someone call it a little bit of rudeness. Uh, I just stick with the little bit of rude. And uh, I would say that perhaps she should have said, and maybe this was an issue too, that when they got there, he realized, ooh, man, I do not want none of this. So he just went ahead and, you know, ordered some food and she didn't have any money. So darn the luck, you're not going to be able to eat. And I don't want no business. Because you'd think as a guy, uh, I'm looking at it from a, from a guy's point of view. Uh, the girl asks you out on a date, shows up, doesn't have any money. And if you order dinner and pay for it, you're expecting something in return. Correct? And I'm not talking about a walk in the park holding hands. I might start it, but I'm talking about we are taking care of some business as soon as we're done eating. If you're expecting me to pay for this by showing up and asking me out to eat and then not having any money, right? I think that would be the case. So there's the problem right there. She was not alluring enough to the guy. And so maybe you ought to think about that. The next time you don't have any money and you ask a guy out, be prepared to uh, at least offer up a little, a little bit of trade going on for some food. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. I don't know if I've ever told you that before. All right. In our Who Died Today segment on Chewing the Fat, I want to talk about a guy. Well, okay, so this one time he didn't die, but he almost did. Dean Winters, the actor who stars in the Mayhem commercials for State Farm. I mean, Allstate, not State Farm, Allstate. Sorry about that, Allstate. Um, and State Farm is, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, and he's a deep doo-doo now, but they backed him up. Anyway, uh, so the Allstate commercials, the Mayhem commercials, Dean Winters, that guy, uh, he has had several amputations from a dozen years ago. He, he hasn't, he claims he hasn't taken a step since 2009 without being in pain. He has neuropathy on a whole different level, he claims. He said he can't feel his hands, he can't feel his feet, but if he steps on a pebble, it's like uh, the pain goes through the roof. So he contracted a bacterial infection in 2009, went into cardiac arrest, had multiple operations, suffered gangrene, doctors amputated two of his toes and half of a thumb. And it's left him with well, just, a, just a tad bit of discomfort. <laughs> he said that, uh, you know, there's nothing he could do about it. I've been sucking it up because the alternative is uh, not a place where I want to be. And he said he almost passed up playing mayhem in the Allstate commercials because he thought he'd be hospitalized with another surgery. And he, he claimed that the insurance company was relentless in signing him to play the character. And he just said, you know, he felt like he had to do it. I mean, the guy has been in law and order and law and order SVU and Oz. He's been in a lot of stuff and he's, I, I love his character and the mayhem character in the Allstate commercials is an awesome 
character for commercials. But I mean, I couldn't believe that he had all these issues uh, since 2009. So I know that he did die in our who died today segment, but he almost died. And I wanted to tell you his story. So the other day we talked about uh, IMAX for your home from IMAX Enhanced on Disney Plus, And the initiative is going to launch tomorrow. For those of you listening live today, it is 11 11 21. Yeah. Huh? 11 11 21. And so for those of you obviously listening live. So the 12th is the one year anniversary of Disney Plus, And they wanted to have a special Disney Plus day. And they claimed the head of IMAX said people have been pressing for a more IMAXian way to present movies and streaming. And so I don't know about you, but man, you can't shut me up about a IMAXian way to watch a movie. You just, you just can't. I just won't. So there's going to be 13 films, uh, 13 Marvel movies in the new format called IMAX Enhanced on Disney+. Plus. So then we get the news that Disney Plus is slowing down a little bit. Uh, Their fourth quarter earnings missed expectations. And uh, according to everyone, they're a little worried. They hit a little bit of a speed bump. So the stock prices fell and we're a little bit concerned. So hopefully maybe this IMAXian experience will push some things up. So they added, this this is where we're at in the world today. Okay. So they have a total of, 118.1 million customers right now. All right. They added 2.1 million Disney plus subscribers in the fourth quarter. They added 2 million subscribers, but they were expected to get to 126.2 million customers. And Ooh, yeah, no, we didn't get that. So now they suck. I hit a speed bump. Okay. All right. No problem. So according to this, I mean, Netflix now has 213.6 million global subscribers. They got another 4.4 new customers, 4.4 million new customers. I mean, 4.4 would be worse than Disney, but uh, they have 213.6 million global subscribers. But for sure, if they're saying they got 4.4 million new customers thanks to Squid Game. That's why yesterday we found out that Squid Game Season 2 will be happening. Uh, I know that uh, the director, creator, writer, Huang Dong Hayek uh, said that he was wanting to work on a movie and everything, but Netflix came to the table with a few dollars. And he said in an interview that, uh, okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and get Season 2 started. Season 2 yeah, so he's working on that like right now. <laughs> you cannot shut him up about season two of a squid game. So just a few more days before I shave my head 
for OUR, Our Rescue, and I'm hoping to raise uh, $6,000 for Our Rescue. $6,000 pays for legal documents, medical, travel, food, water, lodging, transportation, education, vocational training for a survivor of human sex slavery for one year. Uh, they rescue people and they don't just rescue them and then drop them off and say, good luck, God bless. They help them out and try to uh, get them back into real life and get their life back outside of being a sex slave. And that's what OUR does. That's what they do all over the world. They are fantastic. I love our rescue and I'm hope, trying to raise some money uh, and I'm going to shave my head uh, live on my Instagram and Facebook accounts, Jeff Fisher radio on Friday, the 19th of this month. Uh, I'm going to shave it. I think my daughter has uh, volunteered so nice of her uh, to shave my head. And uh, I'm hoping to reach that goal of $6,000 and I could use your help. So the link to donate is on all my social media pages, Twitter at JeffyJFR and Instagram and Facebook, as I just said, is Jeff Fisher Radio. Uh, just click on the bios for those social media accounts and the link to donate is inside that. Now you can go to OurRescue.org uh, under their fundraisers, Jeffy Fundraiser, and donate that way too. You just have to go to OurRescue.org, hit the donate tab, then go to the fundraisers tab, and then scroll down. It's just that easy. You could do that, or you could just go to my social media accounts and click on the link in the bios. But either way, you want to do it, I thank you. And uh, let's uh, get this done. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, uh, the final total for OUR. And uh, my hair is getting really long now. We joked around on Pat yesterday about Ben Franklin look. I think I'll wear my Ben Franklin jacket and uh, hat uh, coming up sometime. Uh, well, I said next Wednesday for sure during Chewing the Fat. I may do it uh, tomorrow, the 12th, on Friday as well, just for a little bit of fun. Because I feel like Ben Franklin. <laughs> It's so long. I was looking at some images of Ben Franklin. And uh, Ben and I are, uh, you know, walking the same kind of walk. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, I think you know what I'm saying. Hey, good news for, uh, for Facebook fans. Uh, Microsoft is going to partner with Facebook. I'm sorry, Meta to integrate its Teams platforms into Meta's virtual reality-based workplace. That is so good. And just on a side note, uh, Meta uh, has said that they're going to end the platform's facial recognition system over privacy concerns. They're going to delete data from face scans for more than a billion users. And I would just like to ask this question. Are you? No answer? Oh, okay. And I see where Prince Harry is claiming now that he warned Twitter's CEO at Jack that uh, January 6th was going to happen. Oh my gosh, he called it. He warned that the platform was going to allow a coup to be staged. I thought it was Parler's fault, but okay. So I guess it's Twitter's fault now, thanks to, you know, according to Prince Harry. So I guess speaking during a panel titled The Internet Lie Machine on Tuesday, Prince Harry 
told the online audience that he knew something like the Capitol riot would happen because of the influence of social media over American citizens. Jack and I were emailing each other prior to January 6th, where I warned him that his platform was allowing a coup to be staged. Oh, what? Yeah, that email was sent the day before and then it happened. (laughs) And according to Harry, I haven't heard from at Jack since. So that's great. He claimed, Prince Harry claimed that uh, he learned at an early age that the incentives for publishing are not necessarily aligned with the incentives for the truth. Well, thank you. You are just a genius, Harry. And I'm so glad that you are here in America now. And you can go back anytime, really. We've, we've had enough. Take Megan with you. Take the kid back. Or better yet, make my prediction come through and get that divorce from Megan. And then head back and with your tail between your legs before your grandma dies. Because she's, uh, she's not doing well. And you need to get back there. Harry also went on to say that this isn't just a social media problem. It's a media problem. I've grown up learning that news should be sacred ground. Have you, Harry? You don't have to be Logan Roy or Rupert Murdoch to understand that clickbait is the descendant of targeted advertising. Oh, okay. And for those of you that don't know who Logan Roy is, he's just the head of the family in succession. Uh, he's the Rupert Murdoch-ish character in the HBO series Succession. And he went on to say, as he tried to equate, uh, you know, his mother's death with January 6th, because he was, you know, I know the story all too well. And uh, I lost my mother to this self-manufactured rabidness. And obviously I'm determined not to lose the mother of my children to the same thing. I think you'd be okay. I don't think Megan is uh, is up there with your mom. But, you know, if you want to make her believe that, that's fine. And he went on to say, it's time for him. I Seriously, he needs to just go. He went on to say, I've got so much to say about the First Amendment as I sort of understand it. Yeah, this is what he said. I mean, he said, as I sort of understand it. Oh my gosh. But it is, this is Harry speaking now, but it is bonkers. (laughs) Is it Harry? I don't want to start going down the first amendment route because that's a huge subject. And one of which I don't understand. Yeah. No kidding. At least he knows that. And he even said, because I've only been here for a short time. Yeah, that's right, Harry. You need time to go. I, you know, it is time to go, but you can find a loophole in anything. You can capitalize or exploit what's not said rather than uphold what is said. (sighs) Harry, just go back where you came from. And whether that's Canada, and if you want to end up in England, go ahead. But go back. Well, we know that Elon Musk sold $1.1 billion of Tesla stock, according to a filing released 
by the Securities and Exchange Commission. The Tesla CEO sold about 934,000 shares for just over $1.1 billion. Musk ran the poll on Twitter asking people whether or not he should sell some of his Tesla shares. Much of it made uh, lately of unrealized gains being a means of tax avoidance. So I propose selling my 10% of my Tesla stock of the uh, 3,519,252 users who voted in the poll, 57.9% said they supported the proposal. And I'm surprised. I mean, he obviously was going to sell this anyway. Uh, He did the Twitter poll just for the heck of it because the odds were very much in his favor that people were going to vote for him to sell the stock. But, you know, he did and he said he would abide by the poll whichever way it went. And it obviously went for him to sell and he did. Electric vehicle startup uh, Rivian, uh, R-I-V-I-A-N, began publicly trading yesterday, that same day, huh? having raised about $12 billion in its initial public offering. The IPO is the largest on the U.S. exchange since Facebook in 2012 and the seventh biggest since 1995. Just a little history there. Uh, the company opened trading at $78 a share, ended at $101 a share. Uh, with a market capitalization close to $86 billion, more than companies like Honda and Ford. Some believe that the car maker may grow into a position to challenge Tesla. And unlike Tesla, Rivian focuses on less fuel-efficient truck market. The company has a backing from a number of established firms. Ford owns 13%. Amazon owns 20%. The relationship with Amazon in particular has piqued investor interest. The tech giant placed a contract with Rivian for 100,000 delivery vehicles through 2030. Huh. And the car maker says it plans to have 1,000 vehicles on the road by the end of 2021. That's just below that 100,000 vehicles for Amazon. Uh, inflation saw its sharpest jump in more than 30 years in October. Don't worry about it, though. The consumer price index rising 6.2% compared to the same time last year. And it also marked the fifth straight month inflation rose year over year by at least 5%. Oh my gosh. I mean, really, it's agonizing. We already know that our purchasing power has uh, become, uh, how would you say it? Oh, I know, less. Uh, you know, by buying a fewer goods with each dollar that we spend. <laughs> Food prices rose by an estimated 5.3% year to year. Gas prices have jumped nearly 50%. The core consumer price index, which removes food and energy prices, rose 4.6%. <sighs> Analysts cite the pent up post pandemic demand, uh, stimulus funding, and supply chain bottlenecks for the rise in prices. One factor exasperating the supply chain issues is a shortage of truck drivers. Oh my gosh, yes. But of course, we know that the White House can't name a single thing that our president is considering doing to lower gas prices. Uh, so that's all. Uh, you know, we have uh, we know that President Biden promised the UN Climate Summit crowd that he's going to remake. American economy. He seems to be doing a pretty good job of it. We have reports that a Thanksgiving disaster is on the horizon. 
But, you know, don't worry about those cratering, cratering poll numbers for President Biden. He doesn't really care. It's not his fault. Americans don't really feel his cratering poll. They're the ones that are being polled, Joe. I don't know if you understand that. But President Biden said he's working on it. There's going to be enough stock on the shelf. I know a lot of Americans are worried whether or not there's going to be enough stock on the shelves for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, where they can be able to get what you need because there's a was a short supply last year. Not really. COVID and a range of other things. Yeah, there wasn't but, though. You know, I just got off the phone with the largest retailers in America, and here's what they came up with. They all told me that things are really moving along. Oh, good. One of the things I did several months ago was speed up the operation on the ports on the West Coast and have 40 percent of all the goods that come through the Pacific Ocean. And we moved a way, way along in terms of getting more products in we have. and letting people know that they're going to be available. Oh. We've also moved how to get them from the ports to the stores, from the stores to your doors. And uh, the bottom line is all the folks I spoke with, not just the East Coast, but the West Coast, they're oh, just all okay. confident that things are going to be a much different Thanksgiving. And I believe that. Christmas this year. And so the expectation is it's not going to be like this time last year. You're going to be able to get to the store, get to your place, get to the outlets you're looking for, get the products you need, the gifts you want. That's what we've been working on. And that's why when I passed this thing called the infrastructure oh, bill, good. that has a lot of money in it to improve our ports, improve our yes, highways, improve good. our transportation systems, bring down costs, and also create good jobs. So that's what this is all about, getting back to normal, getting back to a place where we lead the world again in our infrastructure, and we lead the world again in having continued to be the fastest-growing economy in the world. Oh, good. See, I told you he's working on it. I don't know why that music or who created that because that's agonizing, but that's our president. And man, makes me feel proud. So he's working on it and that's, uh, that's great. That's uh, great. And then he's got, uh, you know, the U.S. inflation expectations surge for another record high. New vehicle prices top $45,000 for the first time. Uh, that's a uh, 12.1% increase. Wow. Or uh, more like uh, $4,872 uh, from the cost of the new vehicles uh, from a year to year. Yeah, that's it though. And uh, third quarter U.S. existing home prices increased 16% over last year to a median value of $363,700. That's it though. He's working on it. <laughs> he is working on it. And Bitcoin... Uh, price rose over $67,700, while uh, the other one, uh, Ether, right? Is it Ether or Ether? E-T-H-E-R? I don't know how they pronounce it. Uh, surpassed $4,800 for the first time ever. So, But our president is working on it. Don't you worry about it. Things are going good. Things are going good. Don't you worry about it. I mean, sure, uh, plant-based meat producer beyond meat. It's not a meat beyond meat. Okay. Whatever you want to call it meat. That's fine. Uh, they, uh, fell 20% in after hours trading. Yeah. Cause they missed expectations and darn it. Nobody wants beyond meat. Gosh, darn it. But president, uh, Biden is working on it. That's great. Kmart is now closing its last Michigan store. I can't believe there's still Kmart's open, but there are. But its last Michigan store is closing. And that's where it got started. 
I mean, Michigan started there in 1899. Wow. Amazing. So it's owned by Sears now. Sears purchased the chain out of bankruptcy in 2005. There were 2,100 Kmart locations at the time of its 2002 bankruptcy filing and 1,400 when it was purchased by Sears. Then uh, Sears filed for bankruptcy in 2018. <laughs> and it since has been closing stores under both brands and what uh, you know many describe as a slow motion liquidation. Oh, okay, no problem. Look, uh, there's no sense in reband, re- rebranding the handful of remaining Kmart stores with a Sears name. It's only going to cost money for new signs and everything else. So it's not going to attract more customers. Let's just keep shutting them down, okay? So the last Michigan store is in Marshall, which is just outside of Battle Creek. And uh, it's closing down. So have a nice day. I mean, we all remember, I mean, Kmart is famous for the blue light special. They just re- didn't redo themselves. So right now, Kmart has 16 locations left in the continental United States. Six of them have already closed and another four, including the last one in Michigan, will be closed very, very soon. Oh, okay. So I guess they call. Well, that's according to employees answering the phone at those locations. So I guess, hey, you still have a job? Yeah, for a little while, but that's it. <laughs> wow. There's other Kmarts. There's uh, six Kmarts in Puerto Rico, Guam, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. The four in the Virgin Islands account for twice as many Kmart stores than in any U.S. state. So there, no state has more than four in them anymore. Wow. Holy cow. So Kmart's gone. Have a nice day. Don't worry about it. The online job posting for the Michigan store showed that it was trying to hire cashiers for 25 bucks an hour. I mean, that's a good part-time job for a temporary basis. You ride the wave till the end, go work for Kmart for 25 bucks an hour until they lock the doors up. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll get your check. Maybe you won't, but take a couple items on the way out just in case. All right, so Rittenhouse trial is still going on. I can't believe we haven't closed that thing down yet and let Kyle go back home, but it's still ongoing. And you, or we played, talked about it a little bit yesterday of what was happening, the judge going off, the prosecutor acting like he wants to throw the trial. So we'll see what happens uh, as this continues, but it should be over. I see, you know, some people, we're all for it and want to shut it down. I saw where, what's his face, LeBron had to comment about Kyle crying on the stand, saying that boy ate some lemon heads before walking into court. Maybe you ought to just not worry about the Rittenhouse trial, LeBron. And uh, Jeffrey Tubin commenting, um, really, that's why this guy, I mean, I can appreciate what happened to him and the mistake that happened with, uh, you know, him becoming, a a, a, a new term, uh, Tubin, <laughs> but he does not need to be on TV. 
uh, criticizing other people when his quote is, he's lucky it isn't illegal to be an idiot. Yeah, so are you, Jeff. So are you. But you know another trial that's going to start at the end of this month is the Ghislaine Maxwell or Ghislaine Maxwell uh, trial, Jeffrey Epstein's girl. Uh, she just lost her bid to exclude the psychologist who apparently has studied the grooming of sexual crimes victims from testifying at the trial. They claim that the psychologist who specialized in treating patients who have suffered sexual abuse uh, didn't need to testify at the trial. And the judge said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to allow this, uh, some of it anyway. We'll see. But she gets to she gets to be at the trial. So uh, she's pleaded, you know, not guilty to charges that she groomed underage girls for Jeffrey Epstein. And, you know, they're all, obviously her attorneys are trying to, uh, you know, get that out. Uh, these are all false allegations. Now she claims that, uh, she, you know, adolescents are likely to disclose sexual abuse later in life. She said that false allegations of sexual abuse can occur, but they represent a very small minority of accusations. Now this is the psychologist Lisa Rocchio, who specializes in that treatment. Just incredible. I mean, this case is underway and opening arguments are expected to kick off on November 29th in Manhattan Federal Court. So this will be a fascinating trial to watch. We also have the January 6th sentencings ongoing. We have the ex-MMA fighter, getting 41 months in the first sentence for capital riot violence. Scott Fairlam of New Jersey, first person sentenced for assaulting a law enforcement officer during the Capitol riot, and it's the longest sentence that a rioter has received. We had uh, Troy Smocks giving the longest sentence uh, over Capitol riots, even though he didn't go, that was prior to the MMA fighter and the violence. Uh, Troy got 14 months in prison for posting threatening social media messages during the riots from his Washington, D.C. hotel room. And prosecutors are seeking four years in prison for QAnon shaman in an attempt to set an example the Justice Department is asking for the QAnon shaman or the so-called QAnon shaman who wore the headdress and posed shirtless on the Senate floor during the siege of the U.S. Capitol. They wanted him sentenced to a prison term for more than four years. Wow. Okay. <laughs> let's, uh, Let's see if that happens. Um, they made clear they hope to use Chansley's sentence as an example to detour future attacks on the government. Well, let's hope that happens. Okay. And we also know that today, 11-11-2021, if you're listening live, is Veterans Day. Originally Armistice Day. Uh, signed by Germany and allies, ending World War I in 1918. It was observed for the first time here in the United States of America in 1919. Veterans Day, of, of a couple of things that we can, uh, that we could know about Veterans Day. Veterans Day does not, I, I love this, uh, five facts you should know about Veterans Day. Aside from just, how about you thank 
every veteran you see and know, and you should probably just do that every time you see and know them. Um, I mean, just thank you so much for fighting. I, you know, I joke around about fighting in Granada and ending, <laughs> ending communism in the Western hemisphere. And I just, uh, I just do that because I respect it so much. And I mean, no harm. It's a, it's a, I, I just thank you. Thank you for serving and thank you for fighting for the United States of America. And remember that it doesn't have an apostrophe. Okay. It's just veterans day. There's no apostrophe between the N and the S. There's no apostrophe after the S it's just veterans day. Okay. And it is not the same as Memorial day. All right. Memorial Day is a time to remember those who gave their lives for our country, particularly in battle or wounds they suffered from any battle. But Veterans Day honors all who have served the country in war or peace, dead or alive. So that's you know a big difference. It was originally, as I just said, called Armistice Day, commemorating the end of World War One. We also know that uh, they changed it in uh, 71. They had some bill that uh, they did where they changed it to the fourth Monday of every October. And then a few years later, after people said, no, we're, we don't like that. Uh, we're going to continue to celebrate it on November 11th, the original day. Then President Ford signed a new law that said, yeah, you know what? Uh, we're just going to move it back to the 11th of uh, November. That's, that's where it's going to do that. Okay. All right. Good. So thank you to every veteran alive or dead for serving this great country, the United States of America. And I know it's celebrated in other countries around the world. It's a multinational effort. And so, you know, our allies wanted to celebrate it as well and celebrate their veterans on November 11th. So Canada and Australia uh, call it Remembrance Day. Great Britain calls it Remembrance Day. Although they celebrate it on the closest Sunday to November 11th. And they uh, have two minutes of silence in London to honor those who lost their lives. So Australia, I think, does the same thing as they put them together and honor everyone, just like a Memorial Day and Veterans Day together. Did you also know that Gulf War era veterans now make up the largest share of U.S. veterans having passed the Vietnam era veterans in 2016 and the share of veterans who are women is projected is projected to increase from 11% to 18%. Wow. That's uh that's amazing. So anyway, happy veterans day. <laughs> is there I, okay, I mean happy veterans day. It's just a you know, let's just thank the veterans, okay? We don't have to have a happy veterans day cake, although I mean, I'm not opposed to having cake for any celebration, so Happy Veterans Day. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.